to another episode of the Two Button Crew Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Simeon. And I'm in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's our good friend Glenn there. I know you guys have missed him. It's Doc Glenn. Doc Glenn. <laughs> Speaking of you guys, you remember last month we celebrated podcasting for a year and we called out some listeners like, hey, there's 200 of you. Maybe five people could tell us that you're alive, that you're listening, and that you're enjoying the episodes. Well, we officially got our first piece of feedback. Yay! <laughs> was it negative? It was very good. Okay, good. It was from Matthew Mason, good friend of the show. He's a patron. He's a father. He's a tweeter and a writer. So we officially have two, three hundred hypothetical listeners and one official listener. Yay! So shout out to you, Matt Mason. Thanks for answering the call. We're going to get into the topic for this month. We're talking about the art of video game trailers. It's a perfect topic to discuss after E3 2018 briefly because we've already recounted it in our TBC Direct and subsequent YouTube videos. What do you guys think of E3 this year? It was fine. Yeah, I think that it's, <laughs> it was fine. You know, I went in with very low expectations because the last couple of years have been pretty good. And, you know, 2017 was amazing, so it's like, okay, they're spent. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, I was surprised that Smash is coming out this year, but uh, not from, like, a, you know, just in general, not from, like, E3. Because when they said uh, Smash is coming out this year back in, like, March. I guess May, March, I was like, okay, cool, Smash is coming out this year. That's, uh, you know, sooner than I expected. But yeah, I, I just didn't went, go in with high expectations. Uh, I would have liked like one surprise announcement for the Switch. It's like, oh hey, here here's something we haven't already told you about somewhere else. Yep. Definitely. I don't know. I guess Super Mario Party was like that. <laughs> yeah, I have similar sentiments as Glenn. I was hoping for more. Super Mario Party, I guess, was the one thing that we didn't really know about that we got. I think that overall E3 could have been better and they could have used their time more wisely with what they had like with Smash Bros the Smash Bros direct portion could have been more direct and I don't think it had to have been 45 minutes I think 30 minutes would have done just fine I agree and like Glenn said I'm excited and impressed that Smash Bros is coming out this year that's going to be really nice to have but I think you're right. They should have spent a lot less time on Smash Bros. Save that for a little later, even the next day or something like that. I don't know. But if it could have just been trailer after trailer after trailer like it was for the first 10-15 minutes, that would have been really cool. And that's what I thought we were going to get out of E3 this year is a lot more trailers, which is one of the reasons we saved this episode for our end of June podcast. If we could have seen things like a Metroid Prime 4 trailer and a Yoshi trailer, I think our tunes might be a bit different right now. Yes. I mean, those still will not be new announcements. That's, you know, but it, it would have been a little bit better. Let's talk about what game trailers are for. What's the general purpose here? Uh, a game trailer, the way I see it is it's to, well, I guess from a business perspective, it's to get interest in the game. It's to get people interested in playing the game. But I think to do that, it, it needs to uh, inform. You know, you need to know what exactly am I getting? Because a lot of people complain about like, 
this is a non-Nintendo thing, but uh, the Death Stranding Hideo Kojima game that he's working on has been, like, really vague, and they've had no gameplay, and people complain about it, just like, okay, yeah, Norma's and Rita's, and there's a baby and the beach and stuff but we don't have any idea what the game actually is what the story is we just know that it's weird but then again it's Hideo Kojima so of course it's weird of course so game trailers are game informers I see what you're doing we are not sponsored not sponsored I think that a game trailer has two purposes well I mean we are sponsored by our patrons over at uh, patreon.com slash crew. That is true. Go sponsor Where you us can get now. E- e- exclusive videos and uh, the top tier will get you. You know what? Let, we can do that at the end. <laughs> yeah, t-shirts. I think that Glenn said it's to get people you know, excited about the game. And I think that there's, there's two things underneath that. I think the first is to get people, and this is speaking mainly of most games coming out, at least most games that you see trailers thrown out all over the place are from established franchises not always or at least established developers or whether that be a company or a single person and so i think especially with those you see kind of a twofold purpose one get people excited who are not currently excited by what you're offering and number two secure the excitement of people that are already excited about what you're doing Let's say they are about to announce a new Mega Man game. I'm probably already going to be excited about it. Especially considering the like eight-year drought Mega Man went through. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to be excited about it. So then you focus on what are people who have never played Mega Man going to be excited about and put that in the trailer. Whether or not they did that, um, I don't know. I don't know. I think in the case of Mega Man that it worked because I'm not a huge fan of the classic series. Um, I mean, I've I've played them. I went to the you know the GameCube collection uh, way back in the day. But yeah, I'm I'm probably going to pick up Mega Man 11. It looks like a good game, and you know it's it's not that 8-bit arts. You know, not nothing wrong with 8-bit graphics, but I'm kind of sick of the nostalgia pandering. I, I I get that, and they they showed off new mechanics just vaguely. Yeah. You know, just kind of oh, we have something new, and it was gameplay as well. And whether or not it shows gameplay. I am not a stickler on that one. I, I've been, of course, burned by that, but that for me is not necessarily a stickler. For me, a trailer is mostly about excitement as far as delivery on those promises. That trailer is getting me ready for what it is they're going to back themselves up with. Like with Mega Man Universe, when they showed, we're going back to Mega Man. Mega Man is not going to be abandoned throughout this entire episode. When they showed the trailer for Mega Man Universe, there was literally zero gameplay. But whatever it was that was happening on screen, like all the stuff they were showing on screen, hinted, alluded to what they were going to include in the game. And that's important, that there's some correlation. But once I saw that, I was like, this is exciting. I'm going to follow up on this. If it had just been gameplay or whatever, I can make my decision immediately right there. Oh, this doesn't look very fun. Or, oh, this doesn't interest me. And so it's kind of a double-edged sword 
whether you show gameplay or whether you don't, whether it's a good idea or not, at least as far as I'm concerned. Gameplay is not as big of a deal for me. I can see that later on in the development process. As long as I see it before release, you know, I'm not a stickler on that. Another purpose is claiming a portion of the calendar. A lot of times trailers come alongside a specific release date, and if not, there's usually a year. And I see that as publishers and developers trying to plant their flag on a weekend or a season, and it doesn't happen so much with Nintendo. In fact, I see a lot of Switch games coming out at the same time in hopes that someone will go to the store and pick up both of them, but when it comes to huge franchises like Call of Duty or whatever, other games will clear out and give that one some space so that people will have time and money to go buy that one and then recoup and maybe then look at their game instead. So it's kind of like movies where Marvel will announce their next five years worth of theater dates and uh, everyone else just has to plan around them. So that kind of happens with video game trailers also. Yeah. And I, I guess I already uh, chimed in on this, but you know, the way I see it is you, you have to one, tell people that you're uh, making something you know, they have to know what you're doing. You have to know what they'd be getting, and you have to tell them why they should be excited about it, you know, why they should be interested. In a way, a, a trailer is kind of like a, a sales pitch, but, yep. you know, it's it's you have a little bit more time than you would in, like, a television commercial. I guess that leads to a question. Would you say trailers and television commercials are... I, I don't think it's really fair to say they're exactly the same thing, but uh, would you say that they're analogous? You know what? You bring up a really interesting question. I mean, and if you like, think about the Super Mario Party trailer. It wasn't like all within in-game. It had like the actors and the hanging around the Switch and laughing yep. and playing with each other. So it actually, you know, it's a quote-unquote trailer, but it looks more like a commercial than Breath of the Wild's trailers. I think that as the title of this episode states that it's an art and it's it's difficult because with movie trailers most of the time unless it's just a teaser everything that you are seeing is in the final product yeah it's it's different commercials are trying to get you to buy a product that the commercial can literally deliver nothing of besides promises and a video game trailer has to kind of walk that fine line and when we get down to what makes a bad video game trailer and we start talking about Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and Mighty Number no. 9 info dumps are bad and a lot of commercials are info dumps or some some form of that and it's definitely gotten away with that like if you look at Doritos a Doritos commercial has literally nothing to do with Doritos, but it makes me or want to buy Doritos. Or perfume commercials. Um, a lot of car commercials are about like the experience of driving the car instead of saying, hey, this will get you from point A to point B in a timely manner with low cost and not kill you in the process. Yes. Um, <laughs> heck, Simeon, I, I'd argue, like, do you remember the old, I think Nintendo's uh, best commercials that I remember were like during the Game Boy Advance era. Like the Super Mario uh, Advance 2 with the sort of the aisle, uh, the Dinosaur Island uh, travel 
um, commercial sort of thing or the Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga where you're like looking at the whole home videos of Mario and Luigi and you know Mario's yes. kind of being a jerk. The Super Smash Bros. 64 where they're... Oh yeah, that's a great one. You oh know, yeah, that's I, a classic. <laughs> so would you say that those have like the artistry of a trailer behind them? I think... You know what? I, I wouldn't... I say that they still walk that line because for the most part they're they're commercially at least modern day commercial but they also showed in many of those gameplay i remember superstar saga i remember that being one of the commercials that is so weird that you mentioned that one specifically because i remember them showing mario and luigi going against a boss on the screen yeah that that first boss who takes all your money and then attacks you anyway yeah and so i just think that it's a fine line between showing what you get in the final product because obviously commercials are probably going to show their product at some point or other but with movies it's like the final product with a video game you get to see gameplay that you'll be experiencing so are you saying that trailers don't have gameplay in them i i am saying that they don't necessarily have gameplay in them sometimes they do and sometimes they don't well i don't think commercials I mean, generally, it's it's in poor form not to, but I don't think that's a necessary part of a commercial. A commercial is just and you know something that you put in a public place to get people's attention and try to get their money. Well, well, right. That's and that's what I'm saying is that the commercial side of it would be the mascots beating each other up, like the Smash Bros. commercial, and the trailer side of it would be showing some sort of gameplay. So what you're saying is that most commercials actually have a trailer of a sort embedded in them. Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I know I'm getting way sidetracked by this. I, I'm just, you know, kind of the logical, philosophical, you know, what's the difference between the two is intriguing. I, I think that there's different kinds of trailers. That's why you mm. say, hey, did you see that cinematic trailer? I didn't have any gameplay. I wish I had some gameplay. Mm. Or mm-hmm. Nintendo, I guarantee you, before Super Mario Party comes out, they're going to upload a gameplay trailer, which isn't going to have any of the lifestyle stuff in it that makes it feel like more of a commercial. And they've been doing a good job with their marketing and advertisements and showing 20-somethings enjoying their games mixed in with parts of trailers. Karen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Eventually on their YouTube channel, before games come out, it's all just gameplay. Yeah. Which is good. It gives you a better idea of what to expect from the game. Does that clear it all up? There's different kinds of trailers, isn't there? I think so. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the different kinds of trailers. Okay. So typically with video games, uh, you have a teaser trailer or an announcement trailer, um, a gameplay trailer, and a, sometimes a story trailer for more you know story-based games. I mean... I don't think you know the next new Super Mario Brothers game uh, is going to have a story trailer, but yeah, who knows? Teasers. When I think of teasers, I think of you know quite short, just basically putting it out there that they're working on something. A logo, some music, a date. Metroid Prime Four. Yeah, <laughs> a, a logo in space. Yes, that's what I think of, and maybe a little bit more. Yep. So and so's back. Like, oh, this character's back, or yeah, I like, I like uh, the Smash Brothers Ultimate teaser. Oh yeah, that was a teaser, all right. 
Yeah, so teaser is really just to announce it, basically. It's to tell people, hey, this is a thing, be looking forward to it. Heck, you can even use a teaser to advertise, in a sense, games other than the one, than what the teaser was about. Like, if you say, hey, Metroid Prime 4 is coming out, someone might say, oh, I want more information on that when that comes out, and subscribe to Nintendo's channel and then see everything else that they do. Ooh, it's kind of a, you know, a reminder that they're there. And I like that, and I think that, I know that I'm guilty of this, is putting a lot of importance on teasers and if you if you see any and I'm gonna make the analogy again any movie trailers uh, teaser trailers and you look at the comments you are going to see so many people putting so much meaning on such a little amount of film like oh this film's gonna be good or oh this film's gonna be terrible based on like you know 30 seconds of yeah. Randomly put together clips. You never hear hear people say, "Oh, this I'm not going to like this film, but everyone else will and I'll feel strangely or socially isolated because of that." Yeah. <laughs> that's that's not a thing people predict. <laughs> <laughs> no. Can't predict. You can't put that much meaning on a trailer. But that's the brain filling in gaps. And that's kind of the trailer's purpose, like to get you thinking about it, to get you filling in the gaps. How did it get to this point and that's that's one of the essential traits of a good trailer we'll get into that in a second but a teaser trailer is really to build a sense of intrigue very few games can you put a logo on there and someone just yeah, everyone just loses it metroid prime 4 is one of those but you know if it's an unheard of property and you've just put the logo on there you know and you'd say i'm, I'm going to be releasing like Ridge Racer! Well, that one actually... Doesn't that have like a long, illustrious history behind it or something? I, think I, I can imagine people getting excited for that. I don't think back. it was illustrious, but it was long. That, he was met with silence to that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, it's been a while, so maybe people forget that they love it or whatever. Or the fans moved on. I don't know. I, I've never, never played Ridge Racer. I just know uh, it was basically a launch title for every console ever since, like, the PlayStation 1 for until, like, the last 10 years. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just love that example. <laughs> yeah. So, gameplay trailers, those are the ones that I'm going to see because I saw the teaser trailer. Or I'm going to see it anyway just because that's the business i guess you can say that i'm in but that's going to be pretty telling for me it's going to be i'm gonna get this game or i'm going to pass this game probably you know based on the gameplay if the gameplay does not grab me then i will probably not try it like i will be interested because of a teaser or a story trailer but gameplay is going to have a big impact on whether or not I pick it up, how I see it in the trailer. Yeah, exactly. And the teaser trailer is really just to get you interested. The gameplay trailer, you know, it's kind of the bait and the hook philosophy. Mm -hmm. uh, the gameplay trailer is really where you determine, okay, what is this game actually going to look like? What is it actually going to play like? Is the storyline trailer smacking the fish on the rock? No, the storyline trailer is kind of its <laughs> own little thing. 
how what's what's an example of a storyline trailer? I'm I'm really intrigued because I'm I know that these exist, but the ones that I can think of aren't well. Like this is very common with RPGs or whatever. Is like in the you know I um I don't know if the Fire Emblem trailer really counts, but this last E3 E3 2018 just for clarity because you know. But, they might um, dig this up with, you know, dinosaur you know, it, bones next to it. <laughs> it was mostly story. It was mostly story. There was some gameplay in there, but right. it, it's like, oh, there are three houses, and the goddess left like the Triforce or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yes. um, and when are we getting a Fire Emblem Zelda crossover game? You know what? Never mind. <laughs> Smash Bros. Yeah. With only Fire Emblem and only Zelda characters. <laughs> Fire Emblem versus Zelda yeah. 3 for Xbox. <laughs> you, you see that a lot with RPGs where it's like, you know, in the land of Generica with, you know, the... 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 I don't know, the gods and their followers do these things and you know we're this this is the conflict and these are our heroes and you know your hero is a farm boy whose village was destroyed and you know because of a stray breeze carried some embers from a battlefield or something I don't, know. <laughs> I don't think we're too used to getting these as Nintendo fans yeah, not a lot. You definitely see them. Like, I want to say Xenoblade uh, Chronicles 2 probably had a few. Yeah. So, so if we get them, they probably come from Japan. Yeah. I, I want to thank you, Glenn, because I think that every game that's going to do a story trailer from now on just needs to take your audio that you just said, and that's all we need, because I think that was definitive, because that's every story trailer that I think I've ever seen based on how you described that like i'm like yeah i know exactly what he's talking about yeah. lots of voiceover a few clips from in game that that sound really uh dramatic uh at least sound really dramatic out of context <laughs> and it, it, it's basically to tell you hey this has an interesting story and it's a lot like the gameplay trailer because some people play games for the story and you know, I think that's for certain genres. That's that's definitely understandable. While I do like the gameplay of the Ace Attorney series, the gameplay is very light. Right. You know, it's it's a lot of reading. You're kind of it's kind of like an interactive book in a way. It's dramatic. Um, yeah. So any trailer for like uh, a visual novel or a point and click adventure game like Ace Attorney, I've seen people debate endlessly like what Ace Attorney actually is. Is it a visual novel? Is it a point and click <laughs> adventure game? You know, that's probably going to be more focused on the story and saying, hey, here's the new prosecutor and all that. So now that we've talked about the different kinds of trailers. Yeah, and for the record, some trailers incorporate elements of gameplay, as I mentioned before, and story. So don't think that it has to be one of them. Oh, absolutely. So what makes a good trailer? We've talked about little pepperings of examples here and there and before we get to the bad ones let's talk about traits of good trailers i would say well one as i mentioned it needs to have intrigue you can't yeah. just spill the beans on everything you need to have it needs to raise a lot of questions it also needs to have a good like pacing so what i would say is kind of a build up and then you can cut it off suddenly because that leaves that sort of idea 
of there being questions, there being stuff unfinished, and that makes you want to go out and buy it so that you can kind of finish those scenes you were seeing. So it needs to raise questions and get people interested in, hey, who's this guy? Why is he angry at these people? What is that uh, thing over there? The J.J. Abrams mystery box. Yeah, that concept. Yeah. I think a good place to start is you're showing a good game, hopefully, so it should have good graphics, good music, good storyline, good gameplay, and everything it's going to be reviewed for. If they include all of that in the trailer, I think it's going to sell itself. I guess this kind of ties into the purpose of a trailer and the trade of a good trailer. On the flip side of it is an understanding that you can't intrigue everyone. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's missed by specific... Well, I don't know. I, it is, it's an example of a bad trailer, so I, I don't know. But I, you see trailers that you're like, they are trying too hard to capture an audience that will not be happy with this finished product. Yep. That's just a basic of writing. Know your audience. And talking. Yeah. I think that some of these trailer makers, and I'm sure that they do this, need to take a writing course. I'm sure that they do because it's it's another form of media. Of course it's different. Of course it has its own unique challenges. But there are certain things in writing that you need to avoid. Info dumps. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't not talk about Grandpa Dragon trailer. And that, that actually goes <laughs> to something that I think trailers need is, you know, I mentioned pacing. You know, you need to, but you can't just have someone like reading a, something in a monotone kind of Ben Stein fashion where, you know, it's just like, uh, so this, the game takes place in the land of uh, Generica. The main character is a farm boy. His village is destroyed by stray embers from a nearby battlefield and he swears revenge on the world. Um, it's so know. true though. It happens. Yeah, it happens all the time. So I'd say another essential component is energy. Yeah. You need to have energy. When we get to like examples of good and bad trailers, I'll uh, give it an excellent example of how energy changes a trailer. But yeah. Something that could help is the delivery of it. And sometimes a trailer is just uploaded onto YouTube. Other times we're talking about E3 where it can be introduced by someone on stage, which can help. Like in the example of Damon X Machina, it was a cold open at E3 this year with no preamble, so we didn't know if it was third party, if Nintendo would have taken a second to talk it up and say, look what one of our favorite third party developers is bringing to Switch later this year. Enjoy. Yeah, actually come to think of it, who is making Damon X Machina? I don't remember. I can't remember the name of the studio. It shows at the end of the trailer briefly, but it's not a big like, oh. Yep. So the delivery in which it's given to gamers can be very memorable. That'll be one of my first good examples. Are we all right to transition into that? Let's transition. One of my favorite ways a trailer was ever delivered was at E3. Back when Nintendo was still on the stage and Wii was doing well and it had been kind of a so-so show. There was some new Super Mario Bros. stuff that looked all right. Still some things mixed in that was for this Blue Ocean expanded audience that Nintendo was chasing during the Wii era. And Reggie does a one more thing, which I love in any press conference, whether it's Nintendo or Apple or anybody. And 
you have so much anticipation for that one more thing. And he said, some people want to know if we can still make hardcore games for the fans that got us here. The answer is absolutely yes. And then the lights dim and Metroid Other M trailer comes on. Mm. And I'm convinced that everybody loved that first trailer. I know opinions on the game have since been split, but that was a kind of a heroic moment when we weren't sure if Nintendo still cared about type of gamers like us. They delivered an awesome cinematic trailer with some kind of, I would say gameplay, but even the gameplay was like those scripted times when Samus is swinging people around and shooting them and stuff. But uh, it looked so good and it was, it had everything that I wanted it to have while reassuring us that Nintendo was still taking care of us and delivered at the best timing possible. So that was one of my favorites ever. I think that my favorite game trailer, and I know that Scott shakes his head at this, and you probably do too, Glenn, and I, I still stand by it, is the Pokemon Go trailer, the initial Pokemon Go trailer, to me is the best trailer that there ever was. Nope. It, it definitely The very is. best, like, uh, no trailer ever was? Yes, like, no trailer ever was. All It caught us all. I'm going to let you finish. Got to catch, catch them all. But then I got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was amazing because did it show any gameplay? No. First of all, did it get anybody excited? It got me excited. It, I know it didn't get Scott that excited because he saw the little pictures of what happened you know of what the actual gameplay is like (laughs) and i i did too afterwards but to me it didn't change anything first of all it caught me off guard that they would make something like this gotta catch them all off guard yeah gotta catch them all off guard but it just caught my attention and everything that they showed except for the literal digital pokemon like coming out of the water and stuff which kind of happened in the phone but even like the raids eventually (laughs) came to be and that game i guess it is to some people still but was exciting it was it it did deliver to me but to me the fact that it delivered was secondary it got me so excited and it got everybody excited for something that was to come yeah, and honestly, I'm going to agree. I, I think that was a uh, a pretty good trailer. I don't remember it too well because it's been a while. I do remember that having like a, a good sense of energy and pacing and all that. It really did work because a lot of people got into Pokemon Go, uh, which it was weird because it was kind of like being back in the 90s when Pokemon Mania was at its height. Yes. Um, for those of, you know, any kids listening that are too young to remember what 1996 and 97 were like, it was a lot like what Pokemon Go was like uh, at its height, only there was a lot more merchandise and stuff on TV about it. Yeah. All right, Scott, uh, your, your rebuttal? <laughs> uh, you guys are scaring me now with all these good points, but I think a trailer needs to not overpromise, which Pokemon Go completely did by mimicking gameplay and using CG. And I knew that they did that because 
the actual product was going to pale in comparison. Well, I mean, they could have just shown like a guy flicking Pokeballs with his thumb on a, a phone. Yeah. And then walk out into traffic or something. <laughs> <laughs> so when everybody's gathering at Times Square and jumping up and down and there's, you know, a bunch of, well... And they're trying to catch Mewtwo, and everyone's like, yeah, woo, pumping their fists, and they're it's getting close to the wire, and the time is clicking down, and his health is blah, blah, blah. Anyway, in real life, you get there, and everyone's just got their heads bowed and not making eye contact, and they each catch their own Mewtwo and go home. So, I'm not a fan of that well i mean it, it did work scott you need to be the change you want to see in the world if you don't think people are excited enough you know work the crowd <laughs> yeah. yeah that's my gift all right be unexcited people <laughs> don't be excited about this it wasn't about the crowd being excited they the crowd would be excited if mewtwo was literally flying through the air well, what do you think is everybody. going to happen? Did, did anybody... Okay, okay, thing. look, do you think I'm really going to go to a coffee shop with my unrealistically attractive millennial friends and play Mario Party <laughs> there? Yes. I've no, I don't have friends, much less unrealistically attractive ones. I think, here's the thing with, with me, is you're right. It totally did not del- deliver the experience that it showed. But how much of that experience did anybody look and say, I am going to have that exact experience. I'm going to be jumping up and down in Times Square with somebody that I don't know going, yeah, you know? I mean, I don't even live in New York. (laughs) Well, we don't either. But but it's... (laughs) But I, I think, to me, it was about the hype. Of course... They showed things that were not going to happen. But I knew that that wasn't going to happen. I looked at that and I'm like, of course Mewtwo isn't going to be flying through the air. Of course. <laughs> I know that. But it to me, it wasn't about that. And I understood that. Yeah, and like that Super Smash Brothers trailer, or not trailer, um, commercial we talked about for the N64 version. Yes. Uh, do you think it's over-promising to have like, guys in suits beating each other up? In a uh, three-dimensional space, mind you. Not a 2D space like in the game, in a three-dimensional space. Now, of course, they showed the gameplay trail- gameplay. Yeah. No, that afterwards, was under-promising. But- if you had seen that those guys beating each other up and then seeing what the actual game looked like, you'd be pleasantly surprised. To me, the most disappointing part of that commercial is that Happy Together by the Turtles was not in the final version of the game. Oh, that would have been a really nice Easter egg. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I always found that song kind of creepy, just like the, the cadence to it. I, I don't know what it is exactly. Is it like being played in a minor key or something? It might be. It is... Imagine me and you, and you and me. <laughs> okay, but Scott hates that song, by the way, Do because I? of oh, uh, yeah. Band Hero. Yes, Scott would play the drums, and it's the same note over and over and over again throughout the entire song. <laughs> and it's it's so much fun playing with him because I'll be playing the guitar and he'll be playing the drums, and halfway through the song, he'll just throw the drumsticks on the ground and take his hands and just Donkey Kong it. 
<laughs> you can sense the frustration in every movement that he does. A hundred listeners just thought you messed up and called the game wrong from Band Hero uh, instead of Guitar Hero or Rock Band, but it's an actual product. Yes. Yeah. So there's, there's also DJ Hero's. Yeah. Yeah. So don't correct him. I'm Any still other? waiting for Kazoo Hero, whoever yes. it is that owns yes. the rights to that. Cowbell Hero. Cowbell Needs Hero. more cowbell. Yes. All right, more good trailers, fellows. I don't know. That was the only good one. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to give an example of a bad trailer and then a good trailer. Super Mario 3D World, the announcement trailer. Absolutely terrible. I don't remember I mean, it. Everybody saw that and said, ugh. It, and they, it's like you're just giving us more Super Mario 3D land. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be this stupid new Super Mario Brothers style kind of adventure that's just really bland retread of you know NES era like Super Mario Brothers one and maybe the most generic elements of Super Mario Brothers three, and you know it's it's going to be lame, and I thought that too. And you know the weird thing is they they played the uh, the level one music. I think the official name of the track is Super Bell Hill. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because I actually, when I played the game, I remember hating that song in the trailer because I thought it sounded super generic. And it's like, oh yeah, it's just that sort of happy Mario music, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's weird because when I actually was playing the game, I was humming it by the end of the first stage. You know? oh, wow. I, I absolutely ad- adore that song now. But it is terrible trailer music because it doesn't have the energy. It's it's mellow. Yeah. Yep. It's a great song. I love it, but it's it's mellow. And then the second trailer comes out uh, like a year later or six months later or something. And it's doing the Histocrat battle theme, which is this kind of really high energy big band jazz theme. The first trailer just kind of shows like level one and two maybe. So you're seeing a bunch of grasslands. Uh, The second trailer has this really energetic jazz song, big band jazz swing music. That has just a, like a little bit of a, you know, it's a boss theme. So it has like just a little bit of danger sound to it. So it gets your blood pumping. It's really exciting. And then they start throwing a bunch of stuff that uh, you don't see in new Super Mario Brothers games. You know, not that very generic vanilla Mario. It actually is like, oh, hey, this game actually is going, I'm going to be seeing new stuff. It, it has an identity of its own. This is one of the reasons why, and I know Scott will disagree with me because he did a, a crew cut talking about how he preferred Super Mario 3D Land to 3D World, but that's why I like Super Mario 3D World so much, is because it was kind of where Mario started to get weird again, which I think is peaked in Super Mario Odyssey, and it's going to be a while before we see anything that um, on shrooms again. But, (laughs) you know, it was a much better trailer. At first when you said on shrooms, I thought you were saying, like, uh, a French term en shroom <laughs> <laughs> but that that needs to be an yes, adjective <laughs> en, en shrooms E-N space uh, C-H-R E-U-M-S uh, yeah O-U-M-S or M-E-S sorry yes, French you have right. to separate the S from the last consonant with an E so en shroom I think that might be a good t-shirt design. Yes. <laughs> but no, it's a Mario one. We can't do that. We can... <laughs> Every single shirt that we have is a Mario shirt. Yeah. Yeah, so the Splatoon I, shirts. To, to be honest, and I think it, it might have been due to that initial trailer. Um, I don't remember seeing it. But I do not 
remember before playing Super Mario 3D World, there being a difference between Super Mario 3D Land and Super Mario 3D World, I thought they were basically the same game, which I still haven't played Super Mario 3D Land. 3D Land is very safe. It, it plays it very safe. It's it's basically, if you haven't seen it in a new Super Mario Brothers game or uh, Super Mario Brothers 3, you're not going to see it there. I mean, there's a few, few things from Galaxy, but... It's it's a very vanilla experience. I'm gonna have to give it a and shot. I don't know if Scott's mad at me because he's he's kind of giving this very worn out. <laughs> well, not like face scrunched up, uh, just kind of that sideways look with your head tilted and you're not making eye contact and you're just. <laughs> I've got another good trailer mm -hmm. in mind. Also Metroid, this one is Metroid Prime 3. I really can't tell you what they were, I just know there was a set of them that were available as a Wii channel. This oh, is yeah. important to document historically. This is an historic Wii channel. <laughs> oh and my gosh. You had to download a whole channel just to watch Metroid Prime 3 trailers, and I watched them over and over and over. And they added more as the game got closer to release. Probably nobody would do anything like that now. It's silly to download a whole thing, but back then, Nintendo was kind of making workarounds. Like when they had to patch Metroid Other M on Wii, they did a whole system update for it. I had to download the Pikmin thing. Yeah. The Pikmin movies shorts. Yeah, I know. You <laughs> As, and it's its own application. Yeah. You know, it's not like a YouTube thing, it's its own application. Yep. Nintendo, so, and Nintendo their was still doing that even with the Wii U. You remember those being awesome though? I do, but I did not really have internet access to my Wii at that moment in time. We were still in the dark ages as mm -hmm. far as internet was concerned. So I, I I did have those channels, but I watched the trailers maybe once. Yeah, I, I can I can sympathize because uh, I've written a blog about this, but yeah, I had Mr. to go Flip through some, <laughs> some, huh? Yeah, I said, yeah, Mr. Flip Phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, it's not flipping, it's sliding. Um, <laughs> but it has, uh, you know, it's more advanced than having to pack up your Wii and hook it up to the, the monitor in your car, the screen in your car, and drive to some place that has Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, that's bad. <laughs> Did you not read that article? It's been on the site forever. Okay, go look up a Wii in a van on the site when you get a chance. It's very short. I think that you have one of the rare experiences on Earth that are unique to you. Like, I don't <laughs> think you could find another human who did that. <laughs> and if there was anybody else who did that, I think it is a girl who will marry you. So <laughs> she will probably find you through this podcast episode. Um, I think I know the best video game trailers in the world. Mm -hmm. You guys can fight me. Smash Bros. trailers. Character introductions, they're always completely fan service. Plenty of different art styles, like the Fire Emblem ones look like Fire Emblem games. They have just the right amount of mystery. It kind of makes you think you know what it is right before it happens, which makes you feel smart and fulfilled, like Ridley. You see <laughs> the introduction to his character, and you see Samus's boot, and you see the, the area. And you're like, I'm pretty sure I know what this is, but it's too good to hope. And then you see a tail, and you're like, 
could this really be? And at that point, Simeon got up and started dancing embarrassingly in her work office. <laughs> it's true. So I think there's no other trailers that get people more excited and do um, better to their fans. You know, I would character reveal trailers, you know, not necessarily the entire presentation from this year's E3, but yeah, no. character reveal <laughs> character reveal trailers for Smash Brothers actually are really good trailers. Because uh, they do have, you know, like that, that excitement and stuff and they show you a little bit of gameplay and get you thinking like, okay, so I know what he can do, but I don't know how it feels and when I should do it and stuff. So if you're definitely a mechanically minded person, uh, game mechanically, not like an engineer or something, then it does get you thinking about, okay, is this a character that I'm going to be uh, good at or going to like playing as? So I actually would agree with you. I think those are typically pretty good. I agree with you. I think character reveal trailers in general are exciting. The only counterpoint that I have to that is that they are the most exciting in the context in which they fall. So if we had not watched the Nintendo Direct and we had clicked on Ridley reveal trailer, yep. would it have been as exciting? It's still exciting. It's still a good trailer. But it has to be in that specific context of watching the entire thing in that time without having had it spoiled. Yeah. So, so I, th I think that you're right in that those are definitely some of the best trailers. And they're all different. They have the different art styles, like Little Mac. That's like a comic book art style. Mm -hmm. Anime art style for, you know, the pit reveal trailer and all, all the rest. But I think that they are most exciting in that specific context and that if they're not in that context then the the goodness doesn't necessarily go away but the excitement definitely drops big time yeah uh snakes trailer was very true to metal gear yep you know, have, have, yeah having a conversation with uh colonel campbell no relation uh that <laughs> i know of <laughs> are you related scott uh <laughs> anyway, uh, with uh, Colonel Campbell while sitting in a car cardboard box, yeah, that's that's Metal Gear, solid. Yeah, I'm thankful that Sakurai is such a gaming fan because that shows through. He's a true fan of all these different franchises. Definitely. And I think we should get back to what you were talking about with how and when you see a trailer. But that's our next segment after we talk about bad game trailers. Yes, bad game trailers. I have... Two big ones in my mind, and I think I thought there was a third one, but I'll probably remember it. Yep. Here comes the rant, folks. <laughs> yes, here comes the rant. Pull your chairs in. Well, the first one is one game that has three bad trailers, and that is something that I have referenced multiple times throughout this, is Xenoblade Chronicles 2. The first trailer for Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was totally weird. And it was like, what is happening, but not in a good way? I don't know how to explain it, but creepy, weird, like, is that girl a sword? And is he Ooh. trying to touch that sword inappropriately? Like, weird stuff. Yeah, like, that... Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had to. Well, obviously he wasn't going to touch the sword inappropriately because in anime land, you, you can never touch a girl there intentionally. <laughs> That's true. That's true. The second 
trailer was Grandpa <laughs> Dragon. Yeah. And his info dump was the most boring thing I had ever watched. <laughs> the only entertaining thing was making fun of how terrible and how boring the voice yep. was. No energy. That's <laughs> no no energy whatsoever. You know, from what I understand, his voice actually, his voice vocal performance is a little bit different in the game. And so. the, oh, another thing. On that same note, then I'll go back to what I was saying originally. <laughs> Biff in arms. Yeah. Scott was excited for Biff in arms because he had a certain voice. I was not at all excited for him. The game drops. The voice is completely gone. Scott sells the game. Simeon gets the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Remind me who Biff is again. He's the announcer guy with the... Oh, with the okay, head. yeah. He's not one of the contestants. Okay. No. He is the announcer, but he's not voice acted in the game, just in the Nintendo Direct, which was a huge disappointment to me. Yes. And then, lastly, this E3, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, with just literally nothing... It, okay, I'm sure that it was they knew their audience as far as people who are already playing their games. And maybe it was exciting to them. To me, it was not exciting in the least. I've never seen an exciting, fully fleshed out Xenoblade Chronicles trailer. Yeah, you know, it's weird from what I've heard, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is kind of, it's trailers. Are kind of divisive because some people are like oh yeah this got me really interested in the game and other people are like this is the most boring thing i've ever seen <laughs> yeah, exactly and maybe maybe they do know their audience maybe they know yeah, their weeps. audience that well you, you just put <laughs> anime googly eyes uh and a large um bust on uh something on it and uh they'll they'll buy it <laughs> that's true that's all right that's 60 to 80 dollars we don't have to spend so yeah. that's true i actually did buy it it was a gift for my brother <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Who doesn't own the Switch yet? The other trailer that I wanted to talk about, the Mighty Number no. 9 trailer. Oh my goodness, there was literally not a single good thing about that trailer. I enjoy it, ironically. Are we talking about the crying like an anime fan? Yes, that is the exact You know, the thing is, I just look at that and it's like, man, this is so stupid. <laughs> like, I, I understand where the, the outrage, like actual outrage comes from. Uh, because you know weebs are very sensitive about their lifestyle choices. They, I, I, I would argue it's that they kind of know that they're not. You know, I, I'm not going to go there. Um, but. I honestly thought initially that it wasn't a real trailer. I thought that somebody had taken Oof. Mighty Number no. Nine footage and like mockingly just put a voiceover over it. And first of all, the game doesn't look good. They highlighted the game too much. That's bad. I'm really hungry for pizza for some reason. Exactly. The every single one of those explosions look like pizza. And so yeah, didn't like I don't know. It's like Domino's or no? I think it was the Giorno's like crack a joke about that. I I hope so. And so no energy. The gameplay and graphics. Oh, there was were plenty bad. of energy. It was just misguided. Yeah, totally misguided. And like an make, anime, make the bad guys cry like an anime fan on From Night. <laughs> exactly. And the worst way to make people excited about your trailer is to tell people how good your game is. 
Like there are ways of telling showing. Show exactly. yeah, show don't tell. It's just show don't tell. Show exactly. the game is good, don't tell people it's good. And exactly. If you have to tell people that your game is good, your game is bad. Yep. Um if if you and there are ways of doing that showing even in speech. That was something that Scott and I picked up at Comic-Con. In the way you write, in the way you speak, you can show by dropping adverbs and explaining the situation better with other words. Yes. So, Anyways, those are bad game trailers. All right. Trailers being premiered, their reveals are pretty important they can do a quiet reveal where they just upload it and see if people pass it around they can do a presentation in which they show the trailer they can do a live showing they did that initially with mighty number nine even though the first trailer was the only thing it contained was concept art really besides the story of how it was happening I remember this being, I think, the biggest thing with the first Deadpool trailer because at Comic-Con they showed it, yeah. but they did not release the trailer until, I think it was weeks or months afterwards. Yep. So all that you had to go off of were the word of people who were in the room or crappy quality videos maybe uploaded to the internet now I thought like the Deadpool thing, the version I heard was that that was test footage that was shot years ago, and it got leaked to the internet. Is that not true? Comic Con debuts a lot of trailers early. I think I think that that also happened, but I remember specifically. I think this was like a legit trailer, like the actual right. trailer. I think it was afterwards, but yeah, it was. I remember that being like a big deal, like. It, the live presentation being there for that was a big deal. And everyone was lamenting the fact that they weren't there for it and trying to find it online afterwards. I mean, hype is the big word. You, you, mm-hmm. you got you to gotta find the way that is going to bring the most hype. Maybe just quietly uploading it online is going to bring you the most hype. People are going to see that, be surprised, make reaction videos, make videos about how they didn't make it a big deal. You know, there's there's so many ways you can go about it. Mm. I don't know if there's one best way to premiere it, but there are definitely multiple good ways. I'm glad for Nindy Directs, though, because otherwise there'd be so many quietly uploaded indie games that nobody True. would ever find those trailers for. So Yeah, I know. I, I certainly don't watch every trailer Nintendo uploads. <laughs> no, not even close. I don't so, think I've... If it wasn't... For the fact that it was in a Nintendo, one of them was in a Nintendo Direct. I don't think I'd ever would have even seen one of the Sushi Struckers trailers. Yeah, because exactly. I just pass those over, and then people talk about like the plot is really weird, and it's like, huh, maybe I should actually go back and watch some of the trailers, and then I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when they join forces and they all get together in one presentation that's streamed live to people, I think that helps gamers find stuff that they wouldn't normally find. Yeah. yeah, well, because you're there to, to see if there's anything unique or interesting or, you know, for you, and you get exposed to all this other stuff while waiting for the, what you think is the good stuff. Like the Smash character reveal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, that I want to know about Damon X Machina. And we, we probably even wouldn't be talking about it 
if it hadn't been such a poorly <laughs> uh, cut trailer. I don't think you the trailer know, Again, bad, I but, think it was well cut because that got us talking about exactly. it. Exactly. It, it's such a hit and run that it really does stand out. Yeah, they did it badly well. Yes. I loved your third option on here, Glenn, for how should a trailer be premiered. <laughs> uh, on April 1st. Yeah, so that's actually... Um, it doesn't happen with Nintendo a whole lot. I know Nintendo did that with, uh, I want to say, Lucas DLC and Smash uh, 4. Oh, they really? Premiered on, yeah, that was on April 1st. I remember going, wait, <laughs> is this real? Are you actually, like... I mean, it's a Mother 3 character. It's yeah. on April 1st, but you seem completely serious. Mm. <laughs> and it's one of those things where you know, I I honestly did not know how to how to I, I would say that was a case of it not being done well because it wasn't really done with any sort of self awareness. Or maybe it was. Maybe it was done as kind of a jab to people who are expecting Mother Three. I know some games have been like announced on April first. Like it's not a Nintendo game, but there's a fighting game coming out called uh, Fighting Layer EX that's based on an old cult classic Street Fighter spinoff. And that was, and that's actually a really good way of testing the waters because I don't think they were actually planning on making that game until there was a huge like outpouring of fan support for it. Is that the one? Please tell me this is real. (laughs) Is that the one where they took the weird skull guy from that Street Fighter game? Oh yeah, Skullomania. Okay, yeah, that's right. Okay. Actually, I I actually really like Street Fighter EX. At least the first one. I haven't played the others, so I'm interested. I'm gonna have to look more into that because that game looks ridiculous and fun. There's also another way Nintendo's bringing trailers to us, and maybe you guys ignore it, but it's the news section on Switch. So that thing is always lighting up with new stories that they're showing, and a lot of them are things just added to the eShop or trailers for games that are coming up. Yeah, um, I, I don't read that very often just because it's always flooded with just, you know, not even stuff that I'm not interested in, just it, there's a lot there, so it's yeah. kind of overwhelming. Yeah, and I've got Japanese and European stuff in there too. Australian. Ugh. <laughs> no, I mean, maybe that's just because you have accounts registered to those areas because I don't think I have any European ones. No, you're so, completely right, yes. <laughs> yeah, so here's a fun fact, folks. You can actually change the region on your Nintendo account if you need to like download something from another, you know, like Europe or Japan. And then you can switch it right back when once you've got it downloaded. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And before you go, we need to direct your attention to a very important YouTube video. Direct. Uh, it is called Honest Nintendo Direct E3 2018. Yes, we ripped off Honest Trailers, but it doesn't matter. We filled in for that guy at Comic-Con. Yeah, we so. have... We have uh, Leverage. He owes us uh, one. Is that why you had two? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. As of this recording, I have not seen any of the Comic Con stuff. So, me neither have I. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So everybody, go look up Honest Nintendo Direct E3 2018. This is the best video Sammy and I have ever made. If you're slightly disappointed by Nintendo's E3 presentation this year and how long they spent on Smash Bros, even though you love Smash Bros. And how we've already talked about some of the other trailers weren't so good at the beginning. This is the perfect video for you. We decided they can't get away with this. We totally socked it to them. 
didn't we? We did. With two socks. It's it's pretty hysterical. We wrote some really funny jokes. It was an idea, I think, that you initially came up with, right? Yeah. And then we, we just kind of started saying jokes to each other about it. Yep. And we were like, we got we to gotta record this. It's pretty great. So go look that up. Have a good time and share it. Laugh and share. That's all you got to do. Other than that, we will direct you to our normal places. We have a weekly live show featuring brand new Nintendo stuff on Switch, old Nintendo retro content, as well as the latest news and topical discussions. You can find us on YouTube and anywhere else on social media at Two Button Crew. Spell it out, T-W-O, Button Crew. I always tell people that when I have to like read my email address on the phone or something. I'm like, TWO, buttoncrew.com, and it just sounds like I got lazy. We're also on that newfangled social media stuff, uh, <laughs> like the the Facebook and the Twitter. And, and the Instagrams. Yeah, the Instagrams. What, yep. What's an Instagram? Uh, anyway, yeah, so we're on that, too. I, I don't use social media much myself. <laughs> yeah, you won't find Glenn there. But Glenn is on Discord every once in a while. Mm-hmm. We are Two Button Crew on Discord. You can find links to the invites in all the descriptions of all of our videos. And if you appreciate this show being ad-free, as well as our entire backlog of 700 YouTube videos, feel free to support us on Patreon for a dollar a month or more. You can get yourself some awesome exclusive benefits, including a weekly video only for patrons. We've also opened up exclusive t-shirt designs able to be shipped anywhere throughout the the world yes glenn the world (laughs) yeah so you know it doesn't matter if you live in shaveria or the metro kingdom or any of those places generica generica or generic well no we don't (laughs) ship to generica that place is the the tariffs are just too high okay so you can find that at patreon.com slash two button group spell it out t-w-o you know the drill by now and we'll see you guys next month for another podcast we've got some awesome collab podcasts coming up we're going to see if we can get one of those worked out for next time otherwise we will make a comeback of our own see you guys next time bye signing out bye